Long, way outside for the three. He's got it. He's got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? We did it. Another season down, officially. Another season? I mean, like, we started in March of last year, so. Yeah, well, you know, we, 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 we went to the end of that season, so, you know, I guess, I well, guess our, yes, sure, I guess our first full season down. <laughs> there you go. Um, but, I mean, for Dave Campbell's basketball, there you go. It's, yeah, it's another true. season down for y'all. Um, I guess it's just me, my presence for Dave Campbell's uh, first season down. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, mm-hmm. a lot. Um, we can start with the national title game since sure. it just ended. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to four players on Kansas team that are from Texas. Some of them didn't play their high school ball there, but it doesn't matter. Jalen Wilson, obviously the biggest name, mm-hmm. uh, Denton Geyer. Uh, started on Kansas, on this Kansas team. Started off kind of slow. Hit had a couple of big buckets late for for Kansas in the second half. Was big, and then you have three players who didn't play. Uh, Michael Jankovic, Tim Jankovic's son, I did not know was on the team. Uh, KJ Adams, who um, also didn't play, but uh, I believe is a freshman. Yep, from Westlake. Yep, from Westlake. And then Zach Clements, another freshman. Uh, from San Antonio and then played at Sunrise Christian Academy, which is in Missouri. So uh, shout out to those four from Texas. Uh, North, Carolina, North Carolina did not have anybody from Texas, so no wonder they lost. I was about to say, you should be paying attention to the past couple of years in basketball, man. What the hell? Right, right. <laughs> you don't have a chance at that point. Um, but yeah, there, that is the group. It was an amazing game. I mean, you go at the first half, North Carolina jumps on them. Uh, Kansas looked lost for the most part outside of Ibaji, yep. um on offense. And then second half, they just – they can just score the ball. They're a really, really potent team. They, they slowed down Baycott in the second half, and uh, they, they were able to kind of wear them down because North Carolina is not a very deep team. So I felt like they just kind of hit a wall. But great, yeah. great game. And, man, what a, what a tournament it was for, for everybody. I mean, North Carolina got Coach K out of here. Yeah. They <laughs> – and then uh, they gave it their all in the championship game. So that was a lot of fun. That was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I was trying to think like, I probably Nova Kansas was probably the only like dud I'd say. Um, And dud because, you know, Nova was obviously hurt and they gave them what they could for a while. But outside of that, like when we got to the final four and I guess UNC St. Peter's was kind of a dud too. When, you know, when St. Peter's kind of put it on them, but up until that point, like it, it was, we, we had great games kind of all around. Um, and man, when you, when you look at that semifinal with North Carolina Duke to that final, I can't remember the last time we had like a great semi, a classic semifinal and a classic final, like in that, in that span. Um, because obviously everything that went into uh, the semifinal, I think I was listening to Gary Parrish on the Ion College Basketball Podcast. And he, he made the case like, we might be looking back at that semifinal as like the best of all time. 
just consider everything that went into it. The context uh, makes it amplifies yeah. it more. Yeah. Right. Right. And you consider obviously not even just the rivalry or coach K, but like the run North Carolina was on um, the, the shots, like basically like the last five minutes, just big shot after big shot consistently. Um, and then, yeah, then the national title, like North Carolina comes out, they're hot. Like they're playing great defense. They're shooting really well. Kansas, I think fell in love with their sh- shooting a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Cause like Jalen Wilson was like jacking threes and they were just like, I don't know. It, it didn't look like a team that realized they had the size advantage. And then Jalen Wilson decided to drive the lane in the second half. And he finished with a tie for a team high with a McCormick of 15 and man, it was, yeah, hell of a game. I mean, Brady Manick coming out of nowhere, being not coming out of nowhere, but coming for, as a transfer and becoming like the star of the tournament for, for North Carolina. Yeah. Um, in addition to Caleb Love and Leaky Black, like, yeah, it was, that was nuts. And then they, like, like I said, Bay, uh, Baycott went out and they still had a chance to, to tie it at the end there. Um, it's just like random stuff. Like, uh, I forgot who stepped out of bounds for Kansas, but like stepping out of bounds with like four seconds to go, like just yes. like randomly. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it definitely like, cause I got asked the question of like, which was better between this game and the Gonzaga, uh, UC, UCLA game of last mm-hmm. year. And, uh, I, the game itself, I said Gonzaga UCLA, but then you add all the context of everything, and you're like, yeah. "No, this one, this one's bigger." It felt bigger um, as far as the the North Carolina Duke one, and then even uh, the North Carolina Duke game is what I was being asked to compare it to, and yeah. so that I, I took this that one in terms of the uh, the magnitude. But I mean, that goes right up there with some of the best games. That one, I mean, those two games, and then you throw in, I always put up Purdue versus Virginia. I think in the 2019. Uh, uh, elite eight mm-hmm. where Carson Edwards against that team. I mean, just an incredible game. So yeah, definitely a final four championship that we'll never uh, forget. That's that is for sure. And um, mm-hmm. I went down to new Orleans on Friday and it was, it was bumping, man. It was, I will say I saw more Kansas than any other team just by far. Right. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. Cause maybe they got there on Friday. I don't know, but they had, there was a lot of Kansas and uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's, that's a good point. I'm not sure. It was like 40% Kansas and like 20% of all the other three teams. Honestly, yeah. Duke might've been the least represented, at least from what I saw, which was yeah. kind of crazy, but because you would think they would all make that trip. But yeah. anyways, uh, yeah. Fun tournament. Obviously moving, tough. To, moving to Houston next year. Oh, it's in Houston. Final four is in Houston next year. I didn't even know that. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Okay, there you go. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's in NRG, which you know, that's so weird. I feel like I feel like that's yeah, that is that is weird. But yeah, I mean, when's the last time the Final Four has been in Houston? I feel like it's men's. I, I'm not sure. I know women's obviously was in San Antonio last year. It says 2011. If this is right, really wow. If this is right, it says 2011. Huh, mm-hmm. I always think of it in San Antonio. Just when it's in Texas, I guess. Right. That was about yeah. And then it wasn't it in it was Jerry World. Good. It was in Jerry. Uh, World. Yeah, it was in Jerry World. Uh, the twenty twelve. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around yeah, somewhere like that. So yeah. Yeah. Let's talk uh, real quickly. I want to touch on A uh, and M mm-hmm. losing in the uh, NIT championship game to Xavier. Hell of a game. Another a great, game. great game. Uh, something I I thought A and M had it in hand. In the first half, they were they were up eight forty to thirty two, yep. and 
they were just clicking, man. This is, I was like, this is AM. This is what this team is supposed to be. Quentin Jackson, Tyrese Radford, you go down the list. I mean, they looked in complete control. And then the second half starts and Xavier, because I've watched a lot of this tournament. Um, Xavier just finds ways to win games. Like, I don't even mean that in the cliche way, but I also do mean it in the cliche way. They, they literally just somehow win games. And it's exactly what they did late in this game. AM had shots to tie it, to take the lead, to win it. And Xavier just kept pulling shots out from nowhere and, and right. won the game. So, I mean, yeah. this isn't – I didn't feel like it was a bad performance from AM, oh, no, uh, no. But, man, it, it does hurt for them to not be able to pull that out in Madison yeah. Square Garden. No, I, I agree. It was a fantastic game, a great end to the season for AM too. I think they obviously proved that they were one of the teams that probably should have been in the been in the dance. Um and yeah, like they just they hit like so many just like tough shots, like runners in the lane, or like I don't know, just like oh, every shot they made just seemed like I don't know what AM could have done in those moments. Um, and credit to AM, like they made a lot of tough shots down the down the way too, where it was like you know, contact off the dribble, like in the lane, physical drive, like um, yeah, I don't know, just a lot of it, it was just like big shot after big shot or big putbacks or like big drives and like it, it was a very physical game and I thought that would lean AM's way. Um, but obviously Xavier was right there and ready to go and then just kind of they were game for it and we just kind of saw I don't know, it wasn't those it wasn't the, one of those games where you're like, um, oh, they could have had that or you know, like oh, they lost that one or whatever. It was just kind of one of those where you know eventually time runs out and you're just hitting big shot after big shot and some the results gonna swing one way. Another game where Buzz Williams plays 10 players basically. Yeah. I mean we're in postseason basketball and he plays 10 players nine or more minutes. Only two players play over 25 minutes. Like that's I I wouldn't do it. Like I mean I would for if I was a coach I feel like I would find seven, maybe sure, eight sure. to play. But I mean but that also is like probably they're that's probably to how they've been pretty good like they're deep you know like so yeah. they've you know it, it is kind of a a thing to be like why you know if that's what your mo is right is being able to play that style of defense and then being able to rotate guys in and out you know i, I guess it's not the worst thing you know it's not the worst thing to have um and if they you know if they hold on to most of these guys like you know they lose quinn jackson i don't think he has another year of eligibility left um they bring back basically everybody else so, like, you know, you can more or less run this back. Um, you know, of course, add, you know, whatever they decide to do in the transfer portal, um, add it to that group. And you have a team that, you know, probably is a dark horse. I would say like a dark horse contender in the SEC, somebody like so a team that you're going to have to say, like, you know, kind of prove it to me. But, you know, if you expect them to take a step forward, like that's not a logical, that's not a illogical to be like, yeah, if we make a SEC semifinal run or something like, yeah, yeah. They finished the year 33rd in Ken Palm, which is pretty nuts. But basically anybody who wins postseason games, like even in the CBI or whatever, uh, usually gets their numbers inflated um, as far as Ken Palm goes. And, but still, 33rd for a team that we weren't sure was good early in the season is, is pretty, pretty impressive. So uh, this is, this, it's a team now that we have to be like going in next year can AM be a top five team in the SEC? Like, sure. can they take that step forward? And mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that because the top five in the SEC will probably mean top 25 team in the country. And mm-hmm. that's going to be a pretty uh, steep hill to climb with the SEC continuing to improve uh, in basketball. But Buzz got, he's got his, 
he's got his guys and nobody yep. can say that it's like oh he's on the hot seat i don't think i mean i think he's at least bought himself you know a couple two more years and that's if everything goes wrong you know right yeah all right totally has him about the same same ranking too um i want to say they have their they finished ninth in turnover defense in the year so uh, according to Torvik's ranking, uh, Bart Torvik's ranking. So yeah. there's something to build off of that. Yep. Now let's, let's talk transfer portal. Yep. Because honestly, I feel like it's not even as many people are in the portal as I feel like there could be, sure. uh, but I'm also completely swayed from being at LSU where all 13 players are gone. So mm-hmm. I think that's just my, my mindset is like, Oh, everyone's in the portal when in reality it's, it's not that bad. But um, Terrence Shannon from Texas Tech in the portal. Courtney Ramey from Texas in the portal. Francisco Ferbello from TCU. Uh, Marjorie McBride from North Texas. Montre Gibson from Tarleton. Yahuza Rasas from T- uh, Texas Southern. And then Caleb Asbury from Te- Texas State is either uh, portal or professional. So mm-hmm. um, that is the group of, what is that, seven, six players that I just named? Seven players that I just named. Yeah. Which ones are going to go up? Are they all going up, you think? I think – I mean, Shannon – let's start with Shannon because I think yes. Shannon mo- is one of the more interesting ones here. So, I think, yeah, Shannon's definitely the probably the most intriguing name there. I know some people were had some issue with – because I think he announced, like, the day after they got eliminated. Right. Um, I think, like, that morning. Um, so, some people had some issue with that. I didn't because, like, I didn't see – I didn't see an issue with like his effort or anything. I don't think he like mailed it in or anything is when they got eliminated. Um, you know, just, just when he decided to transfer. Um, I also don't think he was the same player after he came back from injury. And so I don't think tech fans were that upset. I think they appreciated what he did. I think they, they're going to miss having him as a personality around, but I don't think that it's like a drastic loss um, for them. And nor do I think they see it that way. I do think that he's somebody who will get the next, the neck. Uh, he's the likeliest person to get like that next call up because, I mean, reportedly Kentucky, Illinois, um, he's getting like big, big looks. So um, I've seen, I'm seeing like Illinois account, fan accounts like throwing out like their their like fantasy lineups of like him and Kofi or something like you know like like insane length on the wing things like that. And I had a friend who went to Kentucky who straight up asking me about him. He's like, what kind of player is he? And I was like, I mean, he's going to, he's a great athlete. It's going to give you great length on the wings. He's kind of a shot creator. Um, he's a decent shooter, not, not somebody you want playing necessarily three and D. Um, but if he's your second guy, right. If he's your third guy, I think you can be pretty good with him as far as like being a creator, um, or shot creator. Um, and so I think he would be like, to me, I, I'll put it this way. I watched that Kentucky loss to St. Peter's and I was like, they could use somebody like him on the perimeter. Right. I felt if they had, if they had somebody like him, who's not afraid to just like, cause that was, that was one of the things that watching that Kentucky team was like, Oh, I see a lot of guards that are afraid to like really go for it. And for better or worse, Shannon has the confidence to go for it. <laughs> um, yeah. As we saw after the injury, probably worse, <laughs> but um, he's somebody who, when his confidence is up and I feel like Calipari would be somebody that could get his confidence up and really like give him responsibility. Um, 
I don't know. I, I like I said, I still think he was uh, a look. Michigan State also reached out to him importantly, so he's gonna get he's gonna get a good look. He's gonna get uh, some some team that's gonna be looking for somebody to give them an instant starting wing. Um, what is left of him post injury? That's the I big mean, question. I mean, if you this is the thing. If you just look at his season stats, yeah, you're looking at it like okay, this this is the same dude as the 2021. Terrence Shannon, that was first team all conference, right? Because even though his points were down 2.5, his percentages were up across the board. If you just look at the season, mm-hmm. if you go to conference play, the numbers drop significantly. It is, it is very much a like look at the season splits. Like literally, if you just look at the non conference to conference play, um, he's at 8.6 points per game in conference, shot 31% in conference play from three. While, but again, if you look at the season, it's 38%. So you look at the season, it's like, oh, he shot 38% from three. What's wrong? In conference, he shot 31%. That's after injury, obviously. And from two, he was 47% in conference play. Uh, while, meanwhile, he's at 51%, you know, for the season. So in that, the season includes conference play. So you could even, those numbers are even higher in non-conference play. I don't have the non-conference splits up, but I'm just like, yeah. it, it's incredible to see the, the drop. And it's what we saw every time we watched Texas Tech play. There were times where... I don't want to say he couldn't get a play on the court, but there were times where Tech had better options. Like Adonis Arms maybe could, could make plays at times. Um, sure. And that that's the hardest thing for me when looking at Tanner Shannon. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if what the next team will be getting in him. Like, even if, because at his best in 2021, he was going to come out uh, in the draft and he was mocked to like 50, you know, somewhere around there, late 40s, 50s. He came back for another year. Again, draft stock not quite good enough, and now he's in the portal. So, I mean, do I think he could play at, like, a Kentucky or Michigan State? Yes. But do I think this version of Terrence Shannon would have seen the court as much or, like, been a significant piece on, like, this year's Kentucky team? Probably not because, I mean, I I agree with you that they needed some sort of, like, punch off the wing in addition to what they already had, but, like, Right. The guys that they had were Ty Ty Washington and a lottery pick, Kellen Grady, who was was really solid. It's like this is it's it's a it's a significant step up, and I, he's gonna have to be significantly better than he was this year. So uh, Evan Maya, who's a, a kind of a, a basketball analyst for college basketball, he has a, a portal ranking of like who's in the portal, who he has, blah blah. blah. Um, he has Terrence Shannon rate as the number one transfer right now available. Which, now I have a question to you. Do you have number four and number, uh, let me see, and number 12 on his list are Eric Gaines and Xavier Pinson? Does, is Brandon Murray on that list? Brandon Murray is also, yes, yes. Brandon Murray is also on the list. He's eighth. Um, do you think Shannon, would you take those guys over Shannon right now? If you were build, if you were a contender, right, let's say like a sweet 16 at minimum team, probably what Kentucky hoped to be this year. Do you look at those guys over Terrence Shannon, or do you think Terrence Shannon is the guy to get? I so I'm, I'm looking at CBS transfer rankings. Yeah, to go to your point, they have Terrence Shannon two. They have Nigel Pack from Kansas State one, who I understand Nigel Pack was uh, all Big Twelve uh, yeah. as yeah at, from Kansas State. Mm-hmm. And the thing that they have for Terrence Shannon here is the six foot six shooting guard up to three point shooting mark to thirty eight point four percent this season, while averaging ten point four points for Texas Tech. 
team for a Texas Tech team that took Duke down to the wire in the Sweet 16. That's blah, 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 a lot blah, blah, of context blah. missing from that. That's, and so that's where I'm like, meanwhile, yeah. I think Brandon Murray, who I covered at LSU, they have a Brandon Murray three on this on this list. Brandon Murray shot um, similar percentages, got better as the season w- went on and was a true freshman this year. It's like if I look at those two, I'm taking Brandon Murray because he's on the incline mm-hmm. of, of his career. I'm, I'm not taking Terrence Shannon in that, in that comparison. Now, I, obviously, I think Terrence Shannon's probably top five sure. of any of them. I mean, we we're going to talk about Courtney Ramey in a second, but like Courtney Ramey's, they have him at number seven right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I would take Shannon over Eric Gaines and who else? You say Xavier Pinson? Yeah, it was Pinson. Yeah, uh, Pinson. Uh, Pinson's, Pinson's going to be a fifth-year senior point guard, though. They play different positions, but sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I mean that's Just that's saying, the like kind a of, roster spot, not saying yeah, like the same position. No, for sure. Yeah, so that that's where it's interesting. It's like you get into this mix, and you have a lot of these players are you have to take into account the trajectory of where they where they're going. And I think that's what co- teams, because teams aren't stupid. They're not going to look at Terrence Shannon and be like, oh, we shot 38%. We're just, let's go get him. They'll right. talk to people in the Big 12 who will tell them, be like, yeah, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't as good. He shot 31% in conference play, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't expect, I mean, the offer's already coming in. So, I mean, he'll probably, he'll go somewhere big. Right. My expectation is significantly lower than that of, obviously, some national writers that, to see him as like the number one, number two player in the portal. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to two other guys, I want to ask about uh, Courtney Ramey versus Caleb Asbury. Which it's it's obviously safer to say like Ramey is going to get a you know this is more or less stay at the level maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, but who would you take? Because I mean you're looking it's at tough. similar positions. Right. Is Not Asbury a better basically. defender? Yeah, I said so. I'd say um, so I would say so. Um, say so. You're probably getting a better spot up shooter as far as Asbury goes, but I would probably take Ramey as a as a creator better. Um, and I'd say, I mean, they're both kind of big shot makers, but I think Asbury's, or I say, I think Ramey's been more consistently up for those kind of games and those kind of moments. Um, like him and Andrew Jones, like it seems like they get going when like no when they when Texas needs when they needed somebody to get going, it kind of hinged on those guys being being on. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious about that one too. It's because they're same similar size, similar ish positions, right? Off guard. Um, so I think you mentioned it. I mean, well, if a I mean the fact that Ramey's at Texas for four years, I think will definitely warrant him being, you know, going to a bigger school. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because both this year played in that def- defense first, you know, style under this coach. And right. Asbury, a lot of times was asked to be the primary scorer in moments. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. Ramey ends the season with that 9.4 points per game, shot 35% from three, 44% from two. We've talked yeah. about plenty of times how the offense wasn't really conducive for guards I I could see Ramey going to like what if if Asbury played at Texas next year, mm-hmm. he could definitely put up the numbers that Ramey put up this year, like at least. Yeah. yeah. So that's where it's like I can see him fitting in here as like this role. And he might play this role even better just as because he's it's more of a limited role, whereas Ramey was having to shrink down a bit 
Asbury's having to step up, and that's interesting to me. Where Ramey could go is an interesting topic to me because yeah, would another Big 12 school court him? Probably like a Kansas State, like a Iowa State. If I'm Iowa State, I'm probably – you know, if I'm one of those schools, I'm, I'm all over that. Sure. Now, now um, for Asbury, I think it's more difficult. I'll tell you, North Texas should be should just go all in on him at that point. SMU, I mean, like we're talking like schools of that, and we're just talking in Texas, obviously. Like, yeah, and I should also say, I believe Ramey also declared interest in the draft too, so he could also just like leave, go pro somewhere, you know? Yeah, he's kind of like Marcus Carr though. He's like the stock didn't go up significantly. Like, right, right, exactly. So, oh. um, I guess one more on this topic. I'm kind of curious we can kind of discuss this is who has the easier, what program has the easier job replacing who they're losing right between, now. between Ramey and Asbury. Well, that's all there's Shannon there too. Ooh. Cause I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think this is my answer. Doesn't really depend on, doesn't really, it's not, it's not about the player's skill as, as, as opposed to what I think, what I feel confident in. And I think tech has the easier job replacing. I agree. I, I was gonna say tech first and then Texas and then Texas State. And I don't think again, I don't think that's because I think Shannon's bad or anything. I think he's very good. And I think he if he gets back to what he what he was at the beginning of the year before the injury, I think they got a really good player, whoever gets him. But you know, Davion Warren, Adonis Arms, Malik Wilson, like I think there's so many wings that and then whoever they potentially add in the portal, um, yeah, because they can they can go that route too. And then I forgot about uh, Kevin McCuller. Um, they still have him on the wing. So I think I wonder how much of how much Mark Adams felt a little like, you know, they weren't going to bench Terrence Shannon, you know, exactly. like, and so I wonder how much he felt pressured, not pressured, but like, you know, obligated kind of to play the guy that stuck with him, right. To play the guy that stayed there. He didn't follow beard to Texas. He wanted to really prove his worth at tech and, you know, he was, his, you know, he's Mark Adams guy, right? He's been with him for a while. So I wonder how much of, if he, if he had the option to, to play like a, a Davian Warren, right. Yeah. Um, more consistently. Yeah. Is that something he would have gone? gone it's, a, it's a, it's a interesting thought exercise. I'll throw Marjorie McBride in there from UNT. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I forget about Marjorie's name. It's, it's going to be an interesting situation to see how they replace him. Cause I think Drez, I don't know. I don't think he'll go SEC like James Reese did. Sure. But I mean, sure. there's a lot of places that could use uh, a guy like that, especially the year that he had. I, like, if you just, again, if this is a situation, if you just look at the raw numbers and it's, mm-hmm. even in conference, uh, he shot 39% from three on the year on 6.3 attempts. In mm-hmm. conference play, he was up to 44% from three on six attempts. Like, this is a dude that can just straight shoot the ball. And coming from but, a defensive team, like team that that's plug and play really like three and D is just like, exactly. You know. So that, that, that's a situation I'm excited to see where, where uh, McBride ends up uh, because that's another guy you throw in him with Asbury, Ramey and Shannon, as far as yeah. um, those guys that can play roles. Well, I think Ramey McBride and Asbury are in a category of their own, as far as like shooters that can play that are off ball guys that can kind of create for themselves in certain situations, but it's going to, they're going to have to be in the right system, you know, mm-hmm. at times. So 
other names we have here, Francisco Ferbello from TCU, who I actually kind of like as, as a player. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a little underrated in TCU's run. I didn't, I thought I could have talked about him more, but, um, and Montre Gibson from Tarleton. I mean, we talked about Gibson a good amount of times on this podcast with his scoring punch that he brought to Tarleton. And it, it, he's kind of one of the weapons that made Tarleton dangerous, you know, on any given night in the WAC, they could just beat somebody because Gibson or um, someone else goes off on, on that team. Mm-hmm. Those are Gibson is a guy I'm gonna, who I can see going up. That's not a bad one. Yeah. Pretty significantly. Farbello, he can't go up, I don't think. I no. think it's going to have to be a lateral move or slightly lower, which is nothing wrong with that. Um, wherever you got to get, wherever you got to go. But I mean, he played at TCU the past couple of years. He was a significant piece of that on a big 12 team. So do you drop down to a level like, um, an, I don't even know if SMU is a drop, a step down, but do you go to like an SMU? Do you go to like a Tulane, like a, you know, an American school? Do you go to a, or do you give, go even like kind of lower to a degree? So that, that's where I don't really know. More to your point on Gibson. Listen to these numbers. So aside from Gonzaga, where he only had nine points, right? Played, played the full game, but only had nine. But aside from that, Stanford, 15 points, 39 minutes on 50% shooting. Kansas, 19 points, 39 minutes on over 50%, or sorry, slightly under 50% shooting. Wichita State, 16 points, full game, 50% shooting. Michigan, 6 of 19, full game, 17 points. Um, Sam Houston State in a win, 18 points, 8 of 13. Like, again, like this isn't... And we, we, we kind of we talked about Tarleton being kind of a, a pesky team, but they weren't exactly a team loaded with other creators, right? Yeah. And so that's a – yeah, he's – I like that pick is like him being a guy that could step up another level. Yeah, so that, that's that's another name. Uh, Yahoo's a Ross, Rosses from Texas Southern. You brought him up. Uh, I can barely say his name, but he was a, a piece on the Texas Southern team. Uh, I'll let you you talk about him. Real yeah, quick. key rotational piece, um, kind of hustle guy on the boards, and you know, especially when you when you play that that style, you need somebody who's kind of that 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 engine. Um, and I think last I think last year he was expected to kind of be a little bit more of a piece, um, and this year he, I don't want to say he fell out of the road. That's the wrong way to put it. But I, I wonder if he just maybe uh, thought he'd be getting a little bit more playing time than he was. Um, they're also kind of deep at the front court too. So like as far, or that forward position um, yeah. and so those minutes have kind of dipped over the years. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, looking back 2019, 26 minutes, 18 minutes last year, 17 minutes this year. So like, I wonder if he's just, if he sees himself as more of a starter, um, you know, he could, the swag is always, always very interesting because he could very much stay in conference. I've seen that. So, but that's happened so many times. We're just like, you just go to another swag school. Um or if he wants to decide to, if he's if he wants to play 17 minutes if he if he feels like he can do it maybe for somebody that's maybe up a little level um not mm-hmm. that he's going to go sec or anything but like you know somebody in another mid-major conference um who knows some belt yeah wherever yeah um yeah, yeah that, that's gonna be asbury mcbride for bello ramey shannon gibson rosses all right that's a pretty good group that's a pretty good group. Um, Flo Thamba's back. Yeah, that's a, actually a pretty big one. <laughs> I was this on Twitter? You saw this because you notified. Uh, yeah, me. it was a. It was a. Uh, he posted on Twitter. It was okay. a. Um, I don't know. 
I forgot when when did I text it to you? I forgot, but he he posted a little post by himself. Yeah, so Thamba's back, which yeah. is huge. Um, this team is obviously going to need size, but I'm not worried about Scott Drew and company recruiting or getting a transfer. Um, and there's obviously a lot of offseason left. So in all of these conversations, we have to kind of, you know, preface it with that, whereas there's still going to be, you know, in a month, who knows mm-hmm. what so in, any team will look like. But having Thamba back, again, keeps continuity, which is a big deal with Scott Drew and this team. Mm-hmm. When Especially in an offseason where you lose Rome Tang, um, and you're kind of losing a good amount of talent from this team, whether it's um, Kendall Brown going to the draft. Uh, I'm assuming Akinjo's gone. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Meyer, Meyer's gone. You lose a lot. To have yep. Thamba back is at least a piece that you can you can build with. I'm assuming John Chacho was gone as well. I don't. Yeah, know. that's the one. I guess that's the one that. Um... It's kind of up in the air. I don't. I don't know what his eligibility looks like. So, I guess that's one that we'll have to. I didn't see anything on it, so I feel like if if Flo Thamba announced, I feel like they would have mentioned it. Um, well, that, he's he's only twenty two, which yeah. I feel like teams this these days are just so old. Do you see how old Texas Tech was compared to? He's Bates? only a Duke. He's only a junior, so he could. I mean, he could. He's probably coming back. I would assume after the injury. Okay. So fourth, fourth year junior from Cameroon. I was about to say all these, all these that COVID year just has has all my eligibility just messed up. So do you know Marcus Santos Silva is twenty five? Did you know that? Did you know that? I did not know that. Uh, <laughs> I just oh, unbelievable. Let me make sure. I need like the next he turns twenty five in June. So again, we need I mean, to just I, like we need to just like COVID eligibility. Everybody just needs to like announce. They should have announced like last year. If they were using their yes. COVID eligibility yes. and just like roll over the classification. So like now they'd be like, okay, I'm a senior, which means I am leaving. Like that's because I, I, I'm done. I'm done with all these like, oh, I'm a senior, but I got another year left or what? Oh God. This no, is so weird. When I saw, cause they did the comparison of starting lineups between Duke or no, the, the rosters between Duke and Texas tech and yeah, Texas tech was like two years older Growing on average, in. just like across <laughs> the board. And that's where it's like, te- like Texas tech had the, a much better shot than Arkansas at beating right. Duke just because how freaking old they were. <laughs> like you look at like Davion Warren, super senior, Bryson yep. Williams, super senior, Marcus Santosilva, super senior, McCullough Retcher jr. It's like Adonis arms and Caro on the other side. <laughs> yeah. Adonis arms, super senior. And so it's like, this is just the oldest team in the world here. Kevin O'Banner is <laughs> senior. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Texas Tech for just getting the oldest team possible. Um, but that that made me laugh. All right. Well, I think I think we covered all the portal talk. It's that time to get it. to it's time to get into to to our field, to your field. The Dave the Dave Campbell's Texas basketball all Texas teams. Now, let's start with the women side which i do not have up actively on my computer let me get it right here all right this is going to be actually i didn't justin so did you and justin do this or is this just justin who do i do I, I basically give justin um kind of full uh, autonomy on this i'm not i figure he knows more about the game than i do unless i see something egregious <laughs> i let him i let him cook all know, right there no, and there was nothing egregious on this one so okay i haven't seen it yet okay so the, I, the big call that I actually appreciated, there were two big calls that he made. Sharika Wright, coach of the year. 
which I really liked. And uh, Star Jacobs Junior of the Year, which I really liked as well. Because um, Nelissa Smith, you know, MVP, senior, of course. Like, there's no yeah there's no there's no issue there i don't have an issue there for me at least um but sharika i like the sharika right call a lot because you could have gone like could have gone Vic schaefer or you could have gone very basic um, yeah it would, it's either him or schaefer probably or i'm right. sorry her, or, her schaefer. or schaefer yeah um so yeah no i i i think i don't have an issue with any of them like i like that he made the um Alicia Westbrook call for Corpus Christi being defensive player of the year. Um, I thought what she brought to that team was kind of invaluable. I like the Caitlin Bickle six woman of the year because I don't know if there's, I don't know if there was a more valuable sixth player in the entire yeah. state, men or women, because yeah. she was one of two players that came off the bench. <laughs> like uh, I like one of one call. sometimes like this is, um, she was like, all right, Caitlin. Right. Like you're, okay. you're it. We've talked, we've mentioned her so much on the show because she was so crucial to that team. And I really don't know if we've seen a sixth player be that valuable for a team for a national title contender as she was because they had no one else to turn to. Yeah. Um, so I like that call. It was like, yeah, they basically, you know, they needed her to produce like sometimes shooting, sometimes defense rebounding. Like it was like, whatever, it was almost like a, which, uh, it was like, which one are we going to get? Like, which, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we need the shooting Caitlin Bickle today. We need the defending Caitlin Bickle today. We need you to rebound today. All our bigs are in foul trouble. <laughs> like, it was just like, whatever the hell they needed her to do, they yeah. just kind of threw her out there. <laughs> now, the only other, I'm trying to think, because I'm trying to think of different players here to, to throw out there. I mean, Six, I guess Aliyah Matharu would have been. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Aliyah Matharu, yeah. Bickle is an interesting debate to me. Bickle right, is probably right. more valuable yeah. um, because by default she had to play. She like, there's no, no other choice here. You have to play 25 minutes here. Matharu, <laughs> they didn't need her at times. Right. I feel like if Matharu stayed on her, like not even stayed on the hot streak where she was at the beginning of the year, but like if she like even, you know, she finished, I think was her second, third leading score. Yeah. Um, but there was a there was a run there where she was like you know where we actually she finished as her leading score look at that um, but I do wonder how much of that was like you know Joanne Allen Taylor wasn't much of a score um, Rory Harmon we mentioned her kind of dip and so like I wonder how much of it was just like the defense is gonna be there so like Aliyah Mathar can kind of like you know we can we can we can kind of let her kind of cook a little bit um, offensively because we just know that we're going to fall. We know what our deep team is going to actually fall back on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Might, might need to, if the only thing I would say is probably need Matharu on, on the third team somewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't that's know. Probably the only one. Yeah. Kayla fair. Wells is, I'm Kayla. Well, Taryn Milton. I like both of them. Sure. I think you could easily slide Matharu into one of those spots. Sure. Um, the one thing I did find interesting was that, Despite leading the team in scoring on the year, she last led the team in scoring as far as individual game, February 4th. Actually, sorry, sorry. February 23rd. February, let me see. The, the games are February 23rd, February 4th, and then January 26th. Those are the last three times she led the team in scoring, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a, a consistent through line for the whole year, but as far as like hitting those peaks, you know, she it was like Lauren Ebo a couple of times even before her. Um, 
obviously Harmon with like 30 and 20 in the tournament. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't like she was hitting those highs as far as scoring is concerned, despite leading the team in scoring. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. To quickly rattle them off, Melissa Smith, MVP, Alicia Westbrook uh, from A&M Corpus Christi, Defense Player of the Year, Caitlin Bickle, Sixth Woman of the Year, Sharika Wright, Coach of the Year, Rory Harmon, Freshman of the Year, Sarah Andrews, Sophomore of the Year, Star Jacobs, Junior of the Year, Senior of the Year is Melissa Smith. Um, First team, Melissa Smith, Star Jacobs, Rory Harmon, Jordan Lewis, uh, Stephanie Vischer. What? Oh, it was Vischer a senior? Yes, Vischer is a senior. Okay. Okay. Uh, second team, Vivian Gray, Texas Tech, Ayana Johnson, uh, SFA, Joanne Allen Taylor, Texas, Tamia Je- Jefferson, HBU, uh, Denasia Hood, uh, Texas State. Third mm-hmm. team, Sarah Andrews, Kayla Wells, ja- Jacqueline Moore, uh, Alicia Westbrook, and Taryn Milton. Yeah. I like it. Defensive team, Alicia Westbrook, Melissa Smith, Rory Harmon, Jaden Pimentel. Great shout out there. Um, I still remember our preseason podcast. We were like, Jaden Pimmitzel, uh, defense player of the year at Lamar, calling it. And yeah. there she is. Uh, also, Steph- I will say, uh, oh, we almost forgot to mention Jacqueline Moore. That's future Tex- uh, North Texas guard, Jacqueline Moore. That's right. That's right. Yeah, transfer. So that'll be uh, her and Quincy Noble. My goodness. That's right. I don't, I don't even know. I know North Texas has their own group of players transferring. I don't remember who it is, though. I haven't. Hopefully, hopefully it's not Quincy Noble because that'd be a fun backcourt to watch. Yeah. All right. The men's, which we worked in tandem for. So yep. we have only ourselves to blame here. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I'm ready for the hate. I'm ready directed. for it. I love how you put Texas basketball staff here. You didn't even put your name on it. We're not going <laughs> to. The women's one, you put Justin Carter to this one. Texas whoa, whoa, basketball he staff. put that in. Sorry. He, he's not me. That one in. Not me. I didn't do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I was expecting to see my name up here, like directed to Matthew Bruni, the problems. All right. Uh, Texas college basketball MVP, James Akinjo. Pretty easy choice there. Yeah. So like the, the, and I told you this too, it was like the, to me, it was like, it was Akinjo or Kendrick Davis. Yes. Um, and you know, I, I kind of split the difference and put Kendrick Davis the senior of the year um, because it kind of, it's, it's it's kind of unfair to, to Kendrick Davis, but it was like if they made the tournament, he probably gets college MVP. But it's also not his fault that they didn't make the tournament. <laughs> um, but I it was it was just really hard for me to give MVP to somebody who didn't make the tournament. I agree. Um, so yeah, I, I really I hated that. Maybe even if they made a run in the NIT, you know, I think if they made like I think it would have been easier for me to maybe make the argument for him if they like made it to the semis or something. Yeah, uh, I, I'm cool with the Kenjo, 100%. Yeah. Uh, defense player of the year, Jonathan Chamochacho, I'm cool with. The, yeah. uh, defense player of the year in the Big 12. I was about to say, which, was there one on here that you're like, wait, hold on, what's going on here? Like, is there we'll one that you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on, we'll I didn't there. sign up on this. We'll yeah, yeah, okay. Let's we'll go. I mean, I, I, I laughed at seeing Kendrick Davis senior of the year. I was like, damn, this is just, just taking the easy way out here. And yep. had to have Kendrick Davis here somewhere. So Kendrick's yeah, not the we're not leaving with Kendrick's the MVP, but he's not the senior of the year. Yeah. That make that makes sense. What's <laughs> um, the difference, baby? Let's go. What's the difference? Everyone gets an award here. Let's uh, get, go. On, get on their Twitter. Get on their social medias. SME is going to tweet it out. Uh, <laughs> sixth man of the year, Jeremy Sohan. I tried thinking about other candidates for this because I feel like there's another candidate. Like I'm not saying he shouldn't have won, but I'm thinking about sure, other sure, candidates. Sure. Um, that's that's kind of why I was okay with it is because like when you look at other like big time Tyler Perry 
Yeah. Like here. Yes. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, just so, tear so, down, yes. tear so, down the small yes. guy again. Tear down, will... down, tear down the small guy again. Hold on. He's text junior of the year right there. Co-junior of the year. Um, so yes, I thought about that. But I also thought about Jeremy Sohan on both sides of the ball being kind of necessary for what Baylor wanted to do. Um because him and Kendall, the fact that him and Kendall Brown both gave him that length on the perimeter and on the inside, I was just like, yeah. And I, I, and then even the games that he missed, it was like, it was like, okay, I, I, I see what Baylor kind of needed. Um, and then when Jonathan Chamochacho was out, it was like, okay, like, I, I don't know. I kind of felt that. Um, and the other thing was like, I felt this team, I could have recognized this team in so many different ways, that Baylor team, right? So like Kendall Brown, freshman of the year. Um, Jonathan Chamochachua, defensive player of the year. And even despite how that season ended, I, I, I do think they're probably the best team in Texas. Um, yeah. I just think they ran into a lot of unfortunate things. And so I, that was, I guess that was the other hard thing was like, it would have been easy to just like give Houston everything, right? Or give Tech everything. But like, if we're going from like November to now, you know, Baylor was the best team, in my opinion. Uh, I agree. So I, I kind of felt like, you know, we needed, I needed to recognize them a little bit more. It was just really hard because like they were playing hurt for like in basically the last month and a half. So. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. We, we're two, two down on, <laughs> on my, my issues with this uh-huh. uh, okay. sophomore of the year, Mike miles. I'm cool with. I was about to say, if you have an issue with Mike miles, yeah, we, yeah. I like Mike we'll miles. Take, you know, we'll I like Mike. Off. We'll you take know, that up. You off know, here. I like Mike miles. <laughs> Junior of the year, Tyler Perry. We, we got something. Well, actually, it's Co. I, I, I added it's a Co. It's a Kevin McCuller and Tyler Perry. Because Kevin McCuller, who I did not get, realize, we couldn't even get the Junior of the Year. This is because I did not realize. Grant, do you hear this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Grant's right there with you. So the this. So so here's my reasoning for that. Tyler Perry, best player in North Texas, right? Yeah. No issue there. Okay. Kevin McCuller, best two way player on Tech. You can't do, I can't do this. Did you know? I'm going to tell you this right now. Go ahead. Did you know that he was a semifinalist for the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year? I don't care. <laughs> I don't. No, I don't care. I, don't, I watched Tyler Perry do more for his team than Kevin McCullough did for his team. Oh. Tyler Perry's over here hitting like triple step backs, fadeaways over like UAB to, to beat them at the buzzer on the road. Second and team you're over here like bro. Kevin McCullough. Played yeah. some defense. He played some defense. He did well, you know what? what North mean? Texas played some defense, defense too. North Texas played some defense too, and Tyler Perry was on that team. So obviously he played some defense, and he how was the how offense. How valuable was that defense compared to Kevin McCullough, though? And he was the offense. How 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 was valuable was the defense compared to compared to Kevin? Hey, McCullough? it's team defense. Both of those, Texas Tech and North Texas. So you could held Bryson Williams looked like a good defender over there, and he didn't do play any defense at UTEP. Uh, so. Let's ask Grant. Let's ask Grant. I bet Grant Grant will make that trade. Yeah, I don't know, man. He, Grant will make that. Grant will say, "Give me, give me that, give me that Kevin McCullough right now, right I don't now." Know, Tyler Perry. Will, I don't know, man. Um, I should have a club cl- most clutch player award and Tyler Perry. Oh, we have a well, we have another award. About show. No, we have we have another show coming up. We have another show coming up. I have sticky we, notes with all these yeah. awards coming. Well, 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 this won't be the only thing that Tyler Perry is recognized for. Okay, you will get something else, Tyler. I promise. 
We need we need we need a we need a trophy of some kind. Oh god. How we do this. But anyways, senior of the year, Kendrick Davis. Yeah. Cool. Uh Texas first, all Texas first team, Kendrick Davis, James and Mike Miles, Savion Flag, Bryson Williams. Awesome. Same five as me. Uh, all Texas second team, Flagler, Adam Flagler, Tyler Perry, Quentin Jackson, Gavin Kinsmill, Fabian White. On mine, I had uh, Kyler Edwards mm-hmm. to go full circle. I had Kyler Edwards above Quentin Jackson. What, yeah. what gave Quentin Jackson the, the bump to you? I, the NIT run? I think the NIT run did something for me. Yeah, the NIT run did something. Um, I did want to recognize this, this AM team. I think Quentin Jackson was the kind of the consistent guy for them all year. Um, guys like Wade Taylor and Obaseki came in towards the end, but for the most part, like even when they were kind of like that intriguing team that kept losing in the beginning of the year, it was because of Quentin Jackson, guys like Quentin Jackson that were kind of sustaining. Um, and I mean, Colorado, you know, Colorado Edwards ended up making third team. So it's not like I didn't think he was important. Um, Obviously. But I was like, I, to me, Houston, Houston was more of a, by committee of very a lot of very good players and for the most part um and so it's like a small quote-unquote small hit to to Kyler Edwards' resume but um I just thought Quentin Jackson helped a really young team kind of stay afloat for a long time okay third team David Azor um from UT Arlington Sule Boom UTEP Kyler Edwards Houston Darius Lee Houston Baptist the one that caught me off guard so I'll let you and that one and then Timmy Allen from Texas Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with Darius Lee because yeah. I, I'd heard of him mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I guess he's hooping if Ish put him on here. Yeah. So go ahead. 18 points a game, eight rebounds. Um, we talk about guys who were the whole team. I mean, 53% from the floor. He put up, uh, what was the score? What was the number he put up again in the game that the greatest game of all time? Like 50. He put up 50. so many points. He put up 52 in 54 minutes. On over 50, he still shot over 50% in that game. And I was like, listen, I am recognizing that. Like, And then that's not even, we talk about the 50-point game. He had two 30-point games in the year in conference. Like, I was like, I, I don't care that Houston Baptist finished like below 500. Like that dude was the only guy they had. And I felt like it would have been a disservice to be like, he's scoring at an incredible clip incredible efficiency come on 18 and 18 three he's still three assists a game too like i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a 13 mention it would it was too much to ask um to move him above, above that but that at that point i was like no I, I gotta put him somewhere so the ones Stop. that were hard to leave i'll tell you this much the ones that were hard to leave off um let me see i got like five i, I bet you do uh <laughs> Um, Caleb Asbury was very yes. hard to leave off um, because I thought, obviously, me being a Texas State guy, it was down. To, it was down to him and Azor because I basically told myself I'm putting Darius Lee in there. Um, one because I felt like I needed somebody from that the Southland because yeah, yeah. nobody from Corpus Christi really stood out that much individually, um, even though they won. I thought about. I, th- I thought about I thought about Marcus Carr. I mean, like you know, having somebody else from Texas there, but Timmy Allen was was the guy there. Um, I thought about Marcus Carr, but I figured his he was just way too inconsistent. Thought about JJ Murray. Thought about Thomas Bell. 
Um, thought about Taze Moore, Jamal Shedd, right? Those guys. Um, but I also, that was back to my, how much is clouded by their, how fantastically they finished the year, as opposed to like, you know, it took a while for Jamal Shedd to get going. And once he was, he was great, but you know, there was that. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't by all means, it wasn't Kevin O'Banner. I had to leave Kevin O'Banner off. That sucks. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's the one I had on my third team. I had O'Banner right. on my third team. So I had the I, same, yeah, I had the same group as you. Asbury is my one to leave. Well, I had a, I sent you a picture and it was Azor and slash Asbury. So I was like, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It. I'm not even going to pick this. I'm going to just let him do it. But I did have yeah. a little banner. Uh, and I think it's it's tough because if we did this by position, which we didn't, sure. but it, it basically worked out to where it kind of was positioned. Um, I was about to say, Darius Lee is like a small forward. Yeah, I mean, like you, do, you do a first. Size, not like literally a three, but like a small-ish forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you did like, like first team, it's three guards, two forwards. Second team, it's three guards, two forwards. I was about to say, loosely, I'd follow that format. Yeah, it is. Okay. But yeah, if we're doing like the, the forwards, right, between right. Timmy Allen, I think Timmy Allen had to be on the team. Yes. And I, I think it would have been, I, I would have felt really, I would have felt like a hater if we just had no Texas players. Yeah, no Texas players. That's, that's impossible. Yeah. So we go Darius Lee, Thomas Bell, Kevin O'Banner, Marcus Weathers, I think deserves a shout. Oh, I, don't, I wouldn't yeah, have put him on there, but I think Marcus I Weathers put him on, but I, deserves a shout. You, if Jonathan Chamochacho plays the whole season, he's on this list, like not even close, but right. he didn't. Um, so you have this, that group, um, and then if you go to like, so that's a group of Fords just to compete with right? and to, to pick from, and I'm probably leaving somebody off that I'm not, I mean, I mean, John Brown, the third from Texas Southern, we could have put on there. Does Kendall Brown get a shout? Maybe. No, maybe, maybe. I mean, so, so that's hard for me to pick. It'd be harder for me to pick him over, um, O'Banner, but even like Sohan on the same on his own team, you know, like he's better than Sohan. He's better, but like as far as like production wise, to be like, yes, he's a, he's a third teamer over Meyer, Sohan, you know, like that. Like as, as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Um, trying to think. So then the guards, I got asked. Um, I sent this to one of my friends who watched college basketball, and he asked about Jamal Shedd. Yeah, not being on the list, and I I, I think. I asked him who he thought did more shed or um, Edwards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, instinctively when you watch Houston play shed has the ball in his hands more. And so I actually went and looked it up because that's the point that he made is that shed did had more on his shoulders. So I went and looked it up on synergy and shed lead led the team in isolations and pick and rolls. Mm. And so that's why, but, but um, Edwards led the team in, basically every other category right so like spot ups cuts you know all this all the transitions all this stuff he led the team in all the attempts and he's so that's also what, probably their one of their better like their best defender too yeah and so that's why i was like okay yeah, it feels like shed does more because he sits there with ball screens for like a lot of times sure. but in actuality edwards is the more impactful player to that team to me and so, if, if, like I mentioned, if we got the if we got the Jamal shed that ended the season, yes, the whole year, I think it's no brainer. I think he's I think he's on the team over Edwards. But yeah. you know, it's, it took a little bit for Jamal shed to really get going. I was yeah. high. That's my you know that's my guy. I graduated from Maynard, Maynard too. Like I had no reason to. I, I had every reason to put him on there. So, um, let's see if there's anybody else here. 
I think you well, let's get to the odd defensive team real quick. Cause I, oh, that's right. That's right. We haven't got that. Well, actually I'll, I'll read. It. I have it right okay. here. So I put, I put my final one that I put out was Kevin McCuller, Kyler Edwards, Adonis arms, Thomas bell, Jonathan Chamachachua. I thought about, to me, I had to leave off. Davion Warren was really hard for tech. Um, I had to, it was weird not having a Baylor or besides Jonathan Chamachachua. It was weird not having another Baylor player there. I think you did great. And don't, I, don't I, be, I, don't beat yourself up. Thank you. No, no, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause like, I really did like when it came. So basically I, I told myself before I did this, I was like tech Baylor, Houston, I'm having those guys, right? North Texas. Yes. I wanted, I wanted somebody from North Texas, but I felt like if there were like three nailed on tech guys or whatever, they'd be an unfortunate casualty. Luckily I'm still very much wedded to the three guard two forward format. Yeah. And there was no other real, like Fabian White, maybe, maybe, but like that was the only other guy I felt like could have, could have been there um, aside from Thomas Bell. But I had no problem putting, putting, putting Thomas, especially since Fabian White was a second teamer. Like I felt like I could have, I could make some sacrifices there for, for them. Um, but the biggest one was like trying to figure out who that other tech wing would be. And I think I, I, they both played like the similar position and similar style and similar, even similar minutes, arms and uh, Warren. Um, but I felt like every time I watched tech, there'd be like one or two plays every single game where you're like, damn, Adonis arms kills it on defense. So, yeah. Um, I mean, you can't really go wrong in this state with defense. I mean, they have, no, you really can't. <laughs> it's, it's five of the top 22 teams in Ken Palm's adjusted defense are from Texas which yeah. we've talked about a lot in Tech, Houston, Baylor, Texas, TCU, North Texas, and then you have AM at 30. So six of the top 30 mm-hmm. um, from Texas. It's just an incredible defensive identity that this state has built up. So, I mean, yeah, you don't can't really go wrong. I think this is about as good as you can do here. Um, if I wanted to be very liberal with it, I could have just put every, you know, a different team for every, you know, I could have just said like, oh, everybody just gets one spot, right? And I could have put, yeah, no, but like, didn't Tech end up Tech ended up with the number one defense in the country though? So exactly that that was my biggest thing was like I I feel like one got like leaving with somebody off from Tech would be weird. Um, you know what's crazy? Yeah, is like Bryson Williams in theory, or like Marcus Santos Silva. Sure, would have been like a like if you had a second team all defense. Like yeah, you could put like so many tech players on this this unit. It's just like I think they could all go on this list. Here. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, like the, the one that was hard for me was like, and I get it was a problem, I guess, because Texas finished with the fifteenth best defense in the country or fourteenth best defense in the country. But who are you? And I was with? looking, and I was like, who am I picking over these guys? Like, because <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I mean, Ramey. I guess I'm not, I'm not taking any of these guys individually. Indiv- right. That's the problem. It's like individually. Who are you I, taking over any of those guys? Like, you know, if there's a second team, yeah, sure. Probably there's, you know, some guys that'll leak in there, but like, yeah. in, I was trying to look, cause I was like, okay, well, you know, like I mentioned Baylor tech Houston, like they're nailed on, but I was like, okay, well, Texas has a 14th. Let me go look at there. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know who, into, like if I guess there's a second team, probably throw Brock Cunningham in there, right? Like, 
as a special. I mean, ba- I mean, yeah. like that's the I mean, only I'm thing he a, did. I'm not a Brock Cunningham fan. I'm not either, but like that's literally why he's on the floor. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, that's kind of like again, I'm not putting him over Adonis Arms, but like if there's a second team, then yeah, probably you know that's probably the guy. Um, or Courtney Ramey because I, I mean Timmy Allen was fine, but he wasn't the best defender. It's like none of them were the best defenders. That's the whole point is of we were like right. of why the season didn't really make sense. It was like right. they got all these like guys who should be able to score the ball and they. I guess if I guess defense. maybe cons- if he played more consistently, like Dylan DeSue probably would have been that guy. Yeah, because he's um, been at least a rim protector to it. Yeah, he played. He didn't really play consistently. So, um, yeah, that was my that was like that was the other like frustrating thing while like, while making the all defensive team was like I got nobody like I got nobody to consider. From like a top fifteen defense. Which I don't. Is this is this is so tough. Houston's Houston's. I mean, so so you had Kyle Edwards on there. Jamal Shedd could have been could've up been there. there. Yeah. I mean, Taze Moore. We're going through some of the best def- defense in the. There's 358 teams in the country, and yeah. Texas has six of the top 22 defenses, yeah. and six, or six of the top absurd. 30. It's like yeah. they have better defenses than you got on list here. Is like. Kentucky's way down here. North Carolina's way down here, and and by way down here, I mean thirty five. Right. Like it's just different, different levels to this. So, yeah. Shout out to um all the defense that was played this year. Mm-hmm. Definitely, mm-hmm. Um, definitely uh, sent a message. Uh, <laughs> I'll shout out JJ Murray for North Texas would be on that second team for me yeah. personally. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's others that we're not thinking of here. Maybe like. I'm just gonna keep saying this. I mean, Abilene Christian might have somebody on there, even though their defense did dip a bit. Yeah, I mean Reggie Miller, of course, still up still there. there. Um, Kendall Brown. I'm just gonna keep saying his name because, like, especially when Chama Chacho went down, they were like, "All right, John Kendall, you have to like allow on your play," and which is part of the reason why they weren't uh, as good. But TCU, like, <laughs> yeah, TCU. Like they're they're what they finished fifteenth. Like yeah. <laughs> like Damian Ball. Like you can go him. You can go. Uh, Manuel Miller, Chuck O'Bannon, like it's just like I don't know. You can make three. We can make three defensive teams <laughs> out of the state of Texas, and probably still have enough for honorable mentions. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely still have enough. Um, all right, that's those are all the awards. There yeah. you go, men's, women's. Direct all of your complaints to Ishmael John R Johnson on Twitter. Um, hey, look, last I don't think I did last year. I really made some people mad with Kelvin Sampson over Scott Drew. And then what was the other one? Uh, co-defensive with uh, 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 Davion Mitchell and uh, Reggie Miller. I gave him co. Oh, yeah. I really made some people upset with that one. So I don't think I have anything like that this year. And yeah, I, you were... I, I, I defended all that last year. I didn't have a problem with any of that. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was wild last year. Mm. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Uh, and then we had Scott Drew on our podcast. We gotta get Scott Drew back on, man. Well, I'll make true. some. Yeah. We'll make some calls. There you go. Yeah, we'll get Kelvin Sampson on here. By the way, we haven't we haven't even gotten him once. You, you know, you know Kelvin. Oh, we, we gotta. Yeah, what, pull, no. what strings we gotta pull? I know, right? <laughs> Actually, cool. I might have a string to pull. Stay tuned. Uh-oh. Stay tuned. Uh-oh. We we might have a string to pull. We'll see. Oh, um, two time <laughs> Texas Coach of the Year. <laughs> Over Scott Drew twice, not once, but twice. <laughs> Ishmael R. Johnson has completely team uh, Kelvin Sampson. We should just have a poll. Team Sampson, team Drew. <laughs> Who wins? But, all right, that's all we have for y'all today. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DCT Basketball. Follow Ish on Twitter, Ishmael R. Johnson. Once again, you can follow Ish 
at Ishmael R. Johnson on Twitter. Just make sure y'all write that down in case you forget. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Matthew Bruni underscore. Um, yeah, and check out the, the awards for yourself. Uh, they are on, on the Twitter, like I mentioned, uh, or on texasbasketball.com. Um, you leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate it. It's been a fun year. And now we get into off-season time. We'll, probably, probably, we'll have another award show, a fun uh, award show coming up. I don't know when, this week, this weekend, somewhere around there. Yeah, but, awards, finally. <laughs> yeah so, so stay tuned for that. But other than that, we'll talk to you all later.